Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. At the end of the program yesterday, we had a few people call in, and uh, one of them was Mark. And I think he didn't get enough time to uh, explain his position on some things, but we, uh, you know, wanted to talk about it a little bit more to start off. Yeah. By the uh, way, today. Mark, if you're listening, this is Doug, and uh, if you're listening today, uh, and you want to send a question in or a follow up, you can send it to Doug at SWATradio.com or ask at SWATradio.com. And we'll be happy to uh, talk about that. But the question he asked specifically was about the passage in the Bible that deals with two swords, where Peter says, we have two. Yeah. Because um, what happened was Jesus was getting ready to leave. And he said, you know, now I've always provided for you, but now you need to take some money for some food. You Mm. need to have a cloak and you need to have money to buy a sword. And Peter goes, we have two. And and so you hear that and you go, what's he saying? He says, let him who has a purse take it along because you're going to have to support yourself. Now, I'm leaving. Mm. It it doesn't mean that he's not with us, but physically he was there. I mean, can you imagine walking physically with Jesus? I mean, the God of the universe in a human form walking with him. They experienced that for three years. Yeah, And so... He's saying you're going to have to have your own support as you go around. The world's not going to take care of you as you go preach. They're not going to protect you. They're not. Most of them aren't even going to like you, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, unbelievers aren't going to support people to preach the gospel. They don't do that. They don't. They could care less if you're preaching, right? So he's telling them that you're going to have to support yourself. He says if you have a bag, take that. That means you have to have a place to carry your food, your clothing, because it's not like they had homes with cupboards in them that that they were out traveling and do it. And he said, and if you don't have a sword, let him who has no sword sell his outer robe and buy one. Now, that's not a sword to go attack. Like Mm. like in Islam, you know, they bear the sword to go out there and they want to go conquer in that. That was not what that was for. It was for defense, Mm -hmm. Um, saying you're going into a hostile world. Uh, You're going to have to provide your own support, and you're going to need your own protection against the animals out there, against people that might mean you harm. Uh, I don't think God has a problem, based upon all I read in Scripture, with self-defense or even defending a life of somebody else who's helpless. I do think he has a problem with vengeance mm-hmm. and and inflicting, um, you know, harm on somebody who is doing nothing wrong. Right. And so uh, that's what he's saying there. He says, you know, if you don't have a sword, then sell your robe and buy one because you're going to a hostile world. 
But he's not talking about like in Islam where we advance the cause of Christ with a sword. Mm -hmm. He's just saying you're going into a, a world that's tough. You need to be able to defend yourself, supply yourself, and protect yourself. Those are the three elements of what he's getting to there. And so, um, but he's not going, you, you need to take this out to attack the enemies. In fact, that's one of the things, Taylor, that distinguishes the true believing followers of Jesus from other religions is the the people that are true followers of Jesus willingly lay down their life to preach the gospel. Yeah. They don't willingly lay down their life um, just to lay it down, but it's for the cause of the gospel. I, I remember if you if you do any research on Mormonism at all, um, the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith and his brother died with guns in hand defending mm. their own life for the cause. Mm. All right, you don't see true believers doing that. Now, if you're in the military, you're in law enforcement, according to Romans, you bear the sword to defend and 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 uphold justice. You are a minister of justice, what the Bible says. But what God was saying to the disciples through Jesus is, you're going to have to supply yourself, you're going to have to uh, support yourself and protect yourself. And that's what he was talking about with a sword. So I hope, Mark, if you're listening, that that makes sense. Um, in fact, if you remember in the garden, when Peter struck the the servant, uh, Malchus, I think was his name, of the high priest, he Jesus said, put your sword away, Peter. You don't think I could call 10,000 angels? Yeah. It, it was never about physically harming other people as much as it was being able to defend yourself. He was making a statement, I'm not going to be with you anymore, so you have to provide for yourself, protect for yourself, and defend yourself in the context of understanding that even those things come from God. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You you never look to your sword. As your salvation. As yeah. your salvation. You always look to God as the one who did it, but he does give us swords. He does give us things. And so he's just saying, I'm not here with you physically anymore. So that's why he's saying to do that. Uh, and Jesus, when Peter goes, um, you know, to Peter, he says, listen, if you live by the sword, you're going to die. In other words, if you think we're going to conquer by this, you, you know, you mm-hmm. don't get it. You're yeah. going to die by the sword. Uh, in fact, if you look in the book of Acts, which is the early church, in fact, uh, anywhere you see the apostles who are carrying the gospel, they never retaliate with force for anything. Yeah. When they're, when they're being persecuted mm-hmm. for preaching the gospel, they never had a weapon, even though they had swords, they never retaliated against people. So the swords were also used for things other than weapons. They used swords to cut wood. You remember I was sharing that yesterday. The sword wasn't just a weapon like we think of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used it to defend against wild animals. Um, and even if you were being robbed in that culture, if you brandished a sword out, most of the time they're going to leave you alone. Yeah. I mean, that's that's you know? the same today. Yeah. You know? So anyway... So I hope that helps you. Um, I think it, Mark was the one that mm-hmm. asked that question. And by the way, Evan, if you are listening today, uh, we'd love for you to call in because we didn't really get to have you on air to talk about the question. 
So if you want to call in either this segment or the fourth segment, we'd love for you to call uh, today. But hopefully, does that does that help, uh, Taylor, you think? Does that help you understand it, I think? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do, do you struggle with any of that? Um, uh, no, I've never really struggled. Well, okay. Um, I guess I used to wonder, because, uh, you know, there's different people. Uh, like I knew a kid one time in college who he was a complete pacifist. And I mean, that just, and he said, you know, it's from the Bible and it kind of, you know, I struggle with that because I didn't take that into account. I didn't think that that was the case. But so, I mean, I've had those thoughts for a long time as far as um, my stance on if if a Christian should ever be violent or yeah. not. And, you know, I, I thought that I always thought that there was instances where, I mean, it would be more loving to act physically um, mm-hmm. than to be a pacifist like if someone's breaking into your house um messing with your family messing with innocence to me that it, i think you have a mandate to protect if you're a, if you're a man so you know that doesn't what you said jives with my thinking on that well uh actually um there's um a guy named wayne grudem g-r-u-d-e-m i don't know if you had to read him at your college when you were going through but um, he wrote a book called uh, Christian Ethics, mm. an introduction to biblical morality. And he also wrote another one called An Introduction to Biblical Ethics. I think they might be the same book. But um, he goes through there and talks about biblical ethics as it relates to just about everything you can think of yeah. practically. And he talks about self-defense in there, and he he makes a good case from Scripture uh, about the moral reasoning as we think about things from a Christian worldview. That if is it is it more loving? We're we're commanded in Scripture to take care of those that can't care for themselves, whether they're orphans or widows. Mm-hmm. And if somebody means to harm a orphan, widow, or somebody who's helpless and you're there, and you have an ability to stop them, but you don't want to take a life, is that not more loving to prevent this evil person who is bent on evil from harming somebody who's helpless? Yeah, I would say it's more loving to take that life. Not only is it more loving for the for the innocents, but also for the person who's going to commit that evil because you stop them from heaping more judgment on themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, which is maybe some people won't agree with that, but to me to, to sit by while evil happens is, it, yeah, I, it's just kind of disgusts me. You know? <laughs> well, like, well, cause that, that kid I was talking about, I, he, I said something to him about, uh, you know, well, what happens if, cause at the time, I don't know if you heard about that machine gun preacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I brought that situation up and he goes, unless a, uh, a gun came down from heaven, I wouldn't do it. I'm like, man, you're just going to let kids go to sex slavery. You know, to me, that's just, no, I, I, that's not Christian. Okay. Well, well, here's the thing though. I do want to caution people that we have to be very careful Mm -hmm. to make our convictions theology for other people. So, um, I don't know if, um, you, you remember there was a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. And that was about a guy who was a pastor. He didn't want a weapon. Mm -hmm. And I think God used that guy yeah. in a great way. Machine gun preacher, he used another guy. Yeah. So 
be very careful about imposing your convictions as theology right. on other people. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more after the break. Um, you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you're just joining us, right before the break, we were talking about um, uh, the role of violence in a in, in Christianity as well as uh, pacifism. And I was relating a story uh, from college. Of, I talking to a, a guy that I knew who said that he would never bear the sword, quote-unquote, um, <laughs> you know, for any for any reason, even if it was to defend innocence. And, you know, I said that that to me was, you know, I, I did not agree with that, but I didn't mean to besmirch anyone who did uh, feel convicted to be a pacifist. Um, it was just in that situation kind of, I just didn't like that. And, you know, I think a Diedrich Bonhoeffer who was a pacifist, but still um, may was involved in a plot to uh, end Hitler's life and, get rid of the Nazi regime. So, you know, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, uh, ruffle any feathers on that account. But mm. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, you didn't ruffle any feathers with me. I just, I, I just think um, in the same way that that guy, that pacifist may feel convicted that way. God may direct him in a particular way to use him like yeah. that guy in Hacksaw Ridge, you yeah. know, that became a doctor uh, and in the same way, and that's why we have to be very careful against comparing ourselves to other people because we all run on a track yeah. that God has for us, right? Yeah. He doesn't give everybody the same tenacity, the same uh, personality, the same experiences. 
And we all have unique gifts and abilities and experiences that God is bringing together. So if you're listening out there today and you are not actively involved in serving our king, the question that you have to ask yourself is why? Mm -hmm. Why am I not serving him with my gifts, my abilities? Why am I content to be a consumer rather than a contributor? Because he never created you to be just a consumer. We do consume, but our culture gives us much more impetus to be consumers uh, than the Bible does. The Bible talks about being contributors, and it talks about laying down your life, and it uses language that would say that our Christian life is service. Yeah. That it is nothing – I mean – I don't know anybody, Taylor, that gets into law enforcement or the military or being a fireman or EMT, any of those jobs for the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get into those jobs, you know to serve, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in the same way, in the church, God brings us into the family, uh, his family, to be servants to him in the world where he has placed us. Acts 17 says... He places you where he has you. So you can complain about where you live, about what you've been given. Yeah. But he placed you there in those experiences to use you uniquely to do different things. So you can look at a guy like uh, Ben Carson. Mm -hmm. And Ben Carson grew up with a tough life. Yeah. But God sovereignly brought him up and put him in a place where he is very influential, not because Ben Carson is the most brightest student that ever was, Mm -hmm. but it's because God made Ben Carson bright. He gave him opportunities and he put him places. Uh, That is not something Ben Carson really chose. You had opportunities to play football. Mm -hmm. Your dad was a pro football player. You didn't choose that. You, you you had nothing to do with yeah. that. And so in the same way, wherever you are and where whatever you're experiencing, God is allowing you to go through that so that you can be his voice in the sphere of influence where he places you. And for most of us, I think we have not received that kind of message from our culture. I mean, from our, our churches. Mm-hmm. A lot of our messages in churches are how we can be better Christians, better husbands, better fathers, better wives, better kids, better, you know, better this, better that. The best way to be better is to be in relationship with Jesus and living as his servant in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think when you hear the term servant or slave, it has such a negative connotation for us, and yet Jesus said, "If you want to be great, you got to serve." Yeah, and I also do think there's an aspect in, um, I don't know, maybe it's just for me. Like I think of the movie uh, Last Samurai. Did you ever? See yes, that I did. You know, I said that the word samurai means to serve, and he feels like he's a servant to the emperor. Like to me, that that was like a oh, that that's respect. You know, so there's I think there is a way in which service for mm-hmm. individuals like to see it as. Like for me, to I respect people who I see who are uh, ser- servants and not just servants because they have to be, but because they truly believe in uh, something. So, 
Mm -hmm. I I agree with you that there is a big connotation, though, of uh, that that's negative towards that idea. Well, you know, here's the thing. When you think about our country, I think I don't know. um, We got an email yesterday about do you think America? um, I, I think I made the statement yesterday that, you know, America was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Mm-hmm. And they were. It was. Yep. Uh, it was based on freedom. Uh, supposedly freedom for all. Mm-hmm. That didn't come to fruition in reality, oh, until, until 1864. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I think, first of all, for most people today who even weigh in on that. Mm-hmm. They have no idea of the history. We don't even know. You and I don't. We can read, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But we weren't there. Yeah. And were there hard times? Yes. Are there hard times today? Yes. I think for us to be intellectually uh, honest and have integrity, we have to admit that there were atrocities that went on with the Native American people whose land we did take and, mm-hmm. and moved off of land. Um, as well as atrocities to people who were indentured servants who and slaves, mm-hmm. and and I was talking to you yesterday. There there were different kinds of servants and slaves. There were people who said, "I want to go be a part. I don't have money, but I will work to be a part." Mm-hmm. But then there were people that were kidnapped mm-hmm. and brought illegally. Slavery has been part of every civilization throughout time. It's not right to subjugate people, but yet there were a lot of people that were subjugated instead of being killed in the Old Testament. In fact, if you remember in uh, Joshua, when he took over for Moses, they were told to go in and take over the land. Mm -hmm. And as Joshua was doing that, there was a group called Gibeah, and they came and they pretended that they were from far away, even yeah. though they were close, they were afraid. And they bartered with him and made a deal to be his servants. And and they tricked him. And it says, very interesting, it says that he did not consult with the Lord. Yeah. What did God tell Joshua? He said, go in, wipe them all out. Mm-hmm. Why? He told them to wipe them all out. Because if you don't, idolatry is going to come in. And the most important thing for God was that the people remain faithful to him and yeah. not worship idols. And so uh, we see that there was slavery back then. Was it right? Uh, well, uh, you tell me. If, if you were treated well as a slave back then and not killed, yeah. you know, and even saying that, people are going, are you kidding me? Well, think about it. You, you could watch your family die or you could be servants in a house and and be taken care of. The way God told people to take care of the servants was to treat them with respect and dignity. It was not to mistreat them. Now, did people mistreat people throughout history? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but we don't even understand all the implications because we weren't there. We didn't see it. We don't know. We know it's bad the way people did it because the human heart is flawed. Yeah. Uh, and so there's I'm, also different kinds of, of, you know, what we would call slavery. We think of, you know, the American connotation, which is chattel slavery, which is you're a slave, you're all your descendants are slaves, which, you know, by and large in the ancient world, I mean, that, that is what happened to the Israelites in Egypt. 
But like, uh, you know, when uh, Paul is talking about slavery in the Roman context, it wasn't that type of uh, slave. It didn't it wasn't the same type of slavery that we think of now, um, for one. Uh, but two, in the American context, uh, like you say, slavery did happen and it's a it, it was a tragedy. And what makes it so much more uh, saddening is that there was a large movement at the time of the revolution revolution to try to free the slaves, but they compromised and that compromise is looking like at this point and in my mind is going to be the flaw in the foundation that ends up tearing the country apart. Mm. Um, but you know, and the past generations thought that they solved the issue by the shedding of uh, immense blood on both the North and the South side in order to right that wrong. But, it's something that's still coming up. Well, it is, it is because I think the sins of the fathers somehow gets visited on the kids. Yeah. Even though the kids are not held responsible for what their fathers did, they that still mean, yeah. that doesn't mean that the results don't impact them. Yeah, the consequences, are still you know, there. And, and there's a lot of discussion right now about how we should feel, what we should do, and going back to Acts 17, you had no control over your birth yeah god put you in that family at that place in one of the most prosperous countries in the world Mm -hmm. and so i think that we all should feel a sense of gratitude for the prosperity we have here in america and in our country uh act 17 says we didn't pick it god chose the time he chose the place and so we get a lot of benefits that people all over the world will never experience and so uh, I think as we think about that, there should be a humility and a gratitude that affects us. Second, I do think we need to feel a sense of shame at the way our forefathers might have treated slaves in some cases, or they treated them, and some things that were wrong. I have no problem with that, mm-hmm. because if our forefathers did that, doesn't mean they're perfect, but we yeah. we. We should feel ashamed, just like you would if your school did something stupid. You yeah. would feel ashamed, right? And especially to look at it in the whole context. So either some people want to look at it just good, and then others want to look at it just bad. But look at it together. Yes, together. Is, uh, there there yeah. were benefits. They, they were flawed men, mm-hmm. and we should not applaud their flaws, but we should applaud the way God used them in spite of their flaws. And we should see their flaws in the context of the life in, in the times that they live to. Yeah. Uh, we will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in Virginia listening at the lighthouse, lighthouse excuse me, and our listeners in Meridian, Mississippi listening on WMER. You're listening to SWAT Radio. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh, right now, I just can't. It's easy to say when there's nothing to Say when I'm held to the flame like I am right. 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Mercy Me with Even If. Um, if you are just joining us, we've been talking uh, a little bit about a question that we got the or two was it no yeah two questions we got yesterday. Um, but also we've been mixing in uh, talking about what it means to be a servant uh, in the context of being a Christian, and we got that from uh, Letters to the Church, which is what we're going over this summer. Um, and one of the chapters by Francis Chan was about being a servant, and that is where we left off. If you just missed us, if you listened the whole time, welcome back. We're about to keep going with that. So, Yeah, you know, um, Paul, when he wrote, if, if you want to learn about church growth, go to First Timothy, Second mm. yeah. Timothy, Titus. Those, those books, those letters were written, we call them books, but they're l- written – to instruct the leaders on what the church should look like. And at the end of 1 Timothy 4, um, Paul says, if you put these things, talking about all the things that he has written, 1 Timothy 4, verse 6, if you put these things before the brothers, what things? Well, um, everything that he had said in chapters 1, 2, and 3, and Right before he says this, he says, the Spirit says in verse 1 that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage, require abstinence from food. Um, and, And he just goes into that. But then he says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Good servant. The word good there is the Greek word kalos, K-A-L-O-S, transliterated. And it really means uh, admirable or excellent. And so if you want to be an excellent servant, Mm. the word servant is diakonos, which we get deacon from, right? So deacons in the church, that comes from diakonos. It also can translate minister in some places. And uh, Paul's just trying to say, if you want to be somebody who really serves God, then put these things in front of them. Yeah. Well, how can you put these things in front of them if you don't know what these things are? Right. And 90% of the men in one poll by Promise Keepers years ago, this was a while back, Read the Bible and pray less than one hour a year. What? A year? A year. Now, is this, this Christian was, men? Yes. 90% under this one poll, read the Bible and pray less than one hour a year. Wow. These are people that would were in church. Uh, so how can you put these things in front mm-hmm. of people and be a good servant? If you don't know what the Bible says, you've got to spend time in the word. My good friend, Calvin Thielman, who's with the Lord now, used to tell me, no Bible, no breakfast. Mm. No Bible, no breakfast. You you should have the same appetite for getting God's word into you as you do for feeding your stomach. Yeah. Every day, most people get up, they don't think about, well, oh, I got to feed my mouth today i got to get food in my stomach they don't complain about it they just get up and they do it why because since the time they are young they are taught 
a good breakfast is going to carry you through the day. Well, in the same way, spiritually, if you're not spending time reading and ingesting God's word, then you're going to spend the rest of your day getting bombarded with messages from a world that has its informed standards come from the culture of the world. Yeah. And, and so you'll end up going, why do I keep struggling like this? Why do I keep making these bad choices? Why do I do this? Why? Because you're informed by people that have no standard. Yeah. Uh, it's a self-led standard. It's a selfless or selfish standard. So, and with that quote too, I kind of, it, it, it's a, it has a way of, if you take it uh, of disciplining yourself too, because you know, that rumble in your stomach you feel in the morning before you break your fast should remind you, Oh, no Bible, no breakfast. Let me get in the word. Let me uh, commune with my, my savior before I eat. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's pretty cool too. As a, it can be, you can use it as an active well, uh, in, discipline. Well, in this text in first Timothy, the word diakonos is different from doulos. Have you ever heard doulos? Doulos mm-hmm. means a slave yeah. servant mm-hmm. under subjugation. Yeah. Diakonos really is a, a servant who has freedom but chooses to serve willingly. Mm. And that's the word he uses there. And see, this is the thing about Jesus. We don't serve him out of obligation. We serve him out of gratitude and being part of his family. And what Chan's saying there is when we come to our church gatherings, we should not be coming with an attitude of consumerism saying, I'm just coming to get, I'm coming to get. We come to give, we come to to inquire how are you today, Taylor? What's going on? How can I pray for you today? Yeah. Um, you know, that's what we are to be doing. We, we, are, we are to be spiritual EMTs in the world, mm. always ready. You know, my wife and I were at a car dealership not too long ago, and um, a person tripped and fell. Everybody came to this person's aid. We were there. The, the EMTs came in there, and they they immediately start asking her questions and doing stuff. You and I and everybody who professes the name of Christ are spiritual EMTs. Mm-hmm. We should always be willing to give a defense for the hope that's in us. We should always be looking. Be my witnesses, he says. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So we start where we are. And, and we build out from there. Uh, you start with your family. Uh, you love your family. Are you perfect? No. Are you flawed? Yes. But our desire should be that we serve because that's what he tells us to do, and he showed us that's what he wants us to do. Now, you look at the Apostle Paul. He was, he was on his way to being a great Pharisee. He was persecuting yeah. Christians. Yeah. And instead, God says, no, he's going to suffer much for me. Mm. And that's what he did. But the more he suffered, the more powerful his words, right? Yeah. I mean, are you more inclined to follow a guy who is, you know, I don't, I don't, I want, I want to be careful how I say this. Are you more inclined to follow a guy who's brandishing his, uh, accomplishments. Mm. Are you more inclined to follow a guy who bled on the battlefield? Yeah, a guy who's been through it and bled. Yeah, the, and you know what I'm saying. That mm-hmm. and so 
God took him through that. And so we as Christians today, as God takes us through these minefields that we navigate every day and we hit these landmines or we, we go through and we encounter the enemy attacking us and we feel discouraged, be encouraged because you got a target on you if you're his. Yeah. He said, if the world hates me, why should you be surprised that they hate you? They're going to persecute you. They're going to hate you. Satan will weaponize everything in your life mm. to bring to bear as much power as he can on you that goes through God's hands. But like Job, his power has limits. Yeah. And God says, nope, you can't do that. You can do this, but you can't do that. And so if you're discouraged, if you're out there today and you're listening and you're discouraged, can can I just encourage you, be of good cheer? Mm. I was really, really uh, struggling yesterday. Mm. I was having a tough day. I mean, and a lot of times my tough days, uh, I mean, my kids see it and know it. My wife knows it. But most people don't know it. Yeah. And last night, somebody listened to God's spirit prompt them. And they dropped off an encouraging note and gift at my house. They'll never know how much that gift encouraged me. And the note, the yeah. note was more encouraging than the gift hmm. because the note I felt like was God's word saying, you know what? I got your back. Yeah. Hmm. I got your back. And, you know, if you're listening today and you're struggling with COVID with being tired of COVID, with the the racial uh, tensions, the the ethnic prejudice tensions that are out there, the struggles of our culture, the bad news everywhere. Can I just encourage you to step back for a moment and remind yourself through his word that God is good. He's on his throne and he's not surprised by anything that's happening. And he loves you and he cares for you. And he wants you to be in his word. And, you know, I, I want to read something, Taylor, that I was reading this morning. And uh, it I read this morning this, and it was really encouraging for me. And it was very insightful for the times that we're in right now because it, it's instructive. It was to Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. Mm. You know why? Why? Because... He had to give a lot of bad news mm. because the children of Israel were rebellious. They were stiff-necked people. And he. this is what he said, and I thought it was just very interesting. I want you to listen to this, what it says about, about uh, Israel. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, this is in Jeremiah 19, Behold, I'm bringing such disaster upon this place that the ears of everyone who hear it will tingle. Because the people have forsaken me, they've profaned this place by making offerings in it to other gods whom neither they nor their fathers nor the kings of Judah have known. And because they filled this place with the blood of innocence and have built the high place of Baal to turn their sons to the fire as burnt offerings to Baal, which I did not command or decree, nor did it come to my mind. Therefore, behold, days are coming, and when we come back, I'm going to finish that. Okay. All right. We will be right back after the break. 
Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT, SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos All those people going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms with the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet does the best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to right Black suit and a bright red tie To a shame That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath Welcome back to SWAT Radio If you would like to join the discussion Please call us at 1-844-777-7928 That's 1-844-777-SWAT Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com That's ask at SWATradio.com Com. We would love to have you call in or email and uh, have you join the discussion. We've went through uh, a few, di- a number of topics today, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of them. Uh, right before the break, Doug was uh, giving a word of encouragement to be encouraged despite what we've uh, been going through the last few months. And he then he transitioned into reading from Jeremiah, something that uh, was rather a little bit of a downer. <laughs> Well, it's uh, because, not a downer. Well, it's, it's just, I mean, but it, it's, it is. Uh, I could see the the similarities in some aspects, and I was going to say, but it, it was transitioning into uh, a word of hopefulness, and that's where he's going to well, uh, well, jump to now. Well, here's the thing: um, if you look at uh, Jeremiah 18, you go back to the potter and the clay. Have you ever heard that terminology? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of people might even remember hymns singing hymns. Yeah. 
But what they don't know is where that came from. But in Jeremiah 18, it talks about the potter and clay. And I want you, what I was reading is about in 19 was what God was saying because they had burned their children in the fire. They had sacrificed their children. And Taylor and I were talking in the break just about how that's so reminiscent of even the abortion Mm -hmm. in America that people sacrifice their children on the idol of uh, of basically their life comfortability. I don't want a child. Mm-hmm. it's going to inconvenience me whatever reason they give i want to have sex without consequences mm-hmm. with people god designed intimacy between a man and woman to be within the context of a marriage that would be part of procreating a family that would be a faith unit mm-hmm. the base faith unit uh, in a community and so in chapter 18 when he's talking about the potter and the clay uh, God speaking through Jeremiah, and it says the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. It told him to go to Israel, and it says this. Uh, it says, if at any time, would that include today? Mm-hmm. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom, would that include the United States? Yep. That I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. And if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord, behold, I am shaping disaster against you, devising a plan against you. Return everyone from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. Now, when I, when I hear that, I think there's hope if we repent. Yeah. And listen, our whole nation may not repent. But there can be a remnant, just like there mm-hmm. always was in Israel. And that remnant carries forth a message. They are the voice of God. They are the J.I. Packers, the John Stotts, the Calvin Thielmans, the Billy Grahams, the people uh, who were preaching the word, you know, the Frank Pierce, our SWAT brother. It, you know, Frank wasn't well-known all over the world. But Frank was an Andrew. Frank was a, a, a Barnabas. He was bringing guys to SWAT. Yeah. There are people out there who come that I have connected to at SWAT who I know are out there in their sphere of influence telling people about Jesus. They're standing for truth. The question is, if you're hearing this either through podcast or live in uh, the, on the Lighthouse or live in Meridian or live wherever, are you being a voice for truth? Are you shrinking back out of fear? Do not shrink back. Stand up. Stand up and be with Christ. That that quote I read yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to die with truth. I'm going to die with truth. So um, anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to get on a rant. I think we got a caller. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Who is this? Doing good. This is Ron Evans. Oh hey, hi, hi! I, I called yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to uh, elaborate. I, I, I sent you guys a, 
uh, an email on basically what I was talking about. But but you're you're, you're raising a good a good question. It really causes me. Uh, a, well, you raised a, a, a good statement. It causes me to question how we should pray, because I, 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 the way I'm seeing it, we're living it in in the last days and mm. towards the end times. I think that's proven by Second Timothy's third uh, chapter. And at this point, do we need to be praying that prayer, or is there a better prayer to pray? pray? And I'm and, my, and, and what I'm talking about is Lord's prayer where he says, thy will be done. Are we trying to prolong this, 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 mm. this, this evil day? Or if, if, I mean, by all appearance, when, when, when I consider this worldwide economic change that's happened within a two-week period, mm. you can't help but know and understand that, this, that, that God's hand is, is changing the whole thing. When, especially when the economy was was really in a in, in, in a great position, yeah. I, you know, I just I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. What, what do you what do you think about that? Um, no, you know, it's Ron, right? Yes, sir. Um, well, first of all, thank you for listening, Ron, to SWAT Radio. Thanks for calling in, and you know, I'll tell you, I've been reading through Jeremiah, and it's really interesting that at least two or three times in Jeremiah. God tells his prophet, don't pray for these people. Don't lift up your voice on their behalf because they're stubborn and they're, you know, I'm going to bring disaster on them. And I, I'm struck by that. Now, listen, I know this is the Old Testament and he's talking about Israel. And and we are, we are to be a light to the people. We are to be out there praying. I do think we ought to be praying for people. But I think if you look at some of these principles in the Old Testament, and the one I was just keying off on in verse eight or chapter 18 is that God says, if a nation repents, I'm going to relent. And so I think we need to be praying that God would raise up leaders that will call us to reconciliation, that he will call us to, uh, to, to a place of Turning Now, I'm not talking about, you know, having a city, state, religious government. I'm just saying that having leaders that will have the courage to say, you know what, there's an almighty creator, and we need to give thanks where thanks is due and recognize none of this comes from us. And stop looking at people as being the one who provide everything. Government doesn't provide. God provides. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I get that. Um, I, I, I got one other statement that I that I'd like to make. I really want to make it yesterday uh, about um, about the church. We were talking about the difference between you were talking about the differences between uh, the church of today and the church of yesterday. I I, I call it the the uh, um, uh, 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 the uh, uh, the um, the selfie church. The selfie oh. oh, yeah, yeah. You talked about that yesterday. The selfie church, yeah. And, yeah, and so I'm, I'm, my, my thinking is, you know, the very first recorded sermon that Jesus preached, to me that's almost like a first mention, the very first sermon that he preached, he preached about persecution. Mm. And, and the way he labeled persecution, he, he, he made it seem as if it was a trophy. And when you read not just not just 
well, I'm saying not just Jesus. Jesus was basically saying the same thing Paul, uh, Paul was saying. Persecution is a trophy, but we don't teach that in the church. We don't, yeah. we don't, we don't labor that as much as what we should. So, so now you got a, you have a, a, a church that's afraid of everything, and, and we don't, we don't, we don't study necessarily for to, to increase our faith, mm-hmm. but. But ultimately, that's what that's what the word is there for. Yeah, he says in Matthew five eleven, "Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account." He says, "Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great." You don't hear that really taught a lot because it's not a popular way of thinking. You know? Exactly. Well, well, hey, listen, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for calling in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Steve. Do you mind giving Steve your, uh, your address? And I'm going to send you a copy of Letters to the Church, okay? Sure. Give Steve your address and name. And thanks again for calling. Thanks for listening. He's going to take you off air. And to get your information, we got to blow out of here. Uh, just hold on, okay? Yeah, I uh, really liked what he had to say. I, I agreed with a, a lot of what he was talking about there, um, especially talking about you know how to pray when it seems like we're in uh, the last days. Um, so glad that you uh, called, and we love hearing all of our listeners having having them call in and uh, hear what they're thinking. Uh, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or like to listen to past programs, please visit www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual